Well, welcome everyone to the Robin Walter Show. God bless you today. As always, it's a program that is packed. I struggled with which way to go with this program today. Uh, and I'll just start out by saying I got incensed with a story from just yesterday. Dealing with a school in Wisconsin where a bunch of elementary black kids hauled out a whole bunch of elementary white kids and made them subscribe to black supremacy. And it's one of a collection of stories I have. And next week, I think I'm going to defer to next week so I can do it better and its entirety. And who knows, maybe it gets me kicked off the air. If it does, so what? Um, the truth offends some people. But we have a new scourge, and it's the rise of black supremacy in the United States. This is an anti-black. It's an anti because if any supremacy is wrong, white, Hispanic, Asian, black. But we are coming to a point where uh, there are going to be consequences that are going to be, let's say, unsavory uh, for all sides. So don't miss that program. But I've deferred to next week for that one because I have some other things I want to sort of cover. And I don't want to say get out of the way because I want to share some things. But I want to reinstitute something that I did with great regularity uh, in years past. And that is to start the program with some good news. I don't always do that. And I don't always end with good news, which I used to do. And I'm, to the best of my knowledge, or I'm sorry, best of my ability, or to the best that the circumstances provide those kinds of stories, I will attempt to do that again. And to that effect, I want to just simply announce a good news coming out of one of the, one of the few really great states that exist in this country. And there aren't a lot of them. Only about 16 or 17, maybe 18 states out of the 50, what I consider to be still great states, and sadly, some of those are on the edge of changing as we become a, a secularist society, which means that simply uh, the establishment of one religion to start bashing and suppressing another one, which we know, of course, is Christianity. But the great state of South Dakota this last week banned sex changes for children. God bless that state. They will be blessed. You know, when when you do right things before God, God blesses you. And when you don't, you get the spanking. So Republican South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem signed the legislation uh, this past Monday that banned both, I think this is important, both surgical and non-surgical sex change procedures for minors. So this is, uh, you know, you look at these states. They're not the first. Florida is doing that under the fabulous Governor Ron DeSantis. But Kentucky, uh, Arizona has done it. Tennessee, 
Texas, now South Dakota. And in a way, I don't want to get carried away with this, but this is probably a more important issue than a lot of other issues that we deal with, probably including the remnants or the vestiges of slavery. Yeah, to the extent that there are any. Sorry, I don't I don't see that, but to the extent that there are any mutilating young children, black, white, brown, whatever, is a greater issue because it's in the present. It's tangible. It's manifest. The sins of the past are just that. Sins of the past. These are sins of the present. And therein lies one of the big, big distinctions. It's like one party wrote to me, I appreciated this comment, uh, said that something is seriously wrong when the world is offended by everything but sin. Boy, how true is that? Something is seriously wrong when the world is offended by everything except sin. Well, this next story, kind of a little weird. I just want to fit this in only because it's not, a t and I told you so, <clears throat> it may sound a little bit like that, but it isn't. It has to deal, does deal with California's having a bill which expects to pass where they will ban all tobacco sales uh, starting in 2029 for anybody who was born after January 1, 2007. So in other words, in 2029, only 22-year-olds will be able to buy any tobacco products. And then you jump up to, let's say, 2040, only 33-year-olds and older will be able to buy tobacco products. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because California has a history of hiking tobacco taxes, taxes on cigarettes, to ridiculous extremes. Now, I don't smoke. I think I smoke for about one week in the Army because uh, the Chesterfields were in my pack of K rations. Um, but after about a week or two of that, I started trading my Chesterfields, my little three-pack of Chesterfields, for some other guy's Lima beans that were canned, or their hot dogs canned in about 1952, because those would be the K-rations from Korea. But in any event, um, I, I'm allergic to the smoke. I can't stand it. But the point that I raised 10 years ago on the air with raising the taxes on cigarettes to discourage smoking, all California ever had to do was to outlaw it. You can outlaw that. Smoking is not a constitutional right. It would not be there. But 10 years ago, appointing the duly uh, necessary hypocrisy to the state of California, they weren't really interested in stopping people from smoking. If they were, they would have outlawed it. All California ever wanted was the tax revenue. They wanted the extra taxes. They said, oh, we're going to discourage smoking by hiking the taxes to whatever. But that wasn't it. They wanted the money. They couldn't have cared less about people smoking. They honestly couldn't. They wanted the money. 
But that's a little difference uh, of a difference between the old left, the old Democrats, and the new left. The new left is going after it totally, and in, in one sense, going after it totally is um, sort of, I don't know, genuine, I guess. It's not lacking any hypocrisy for a change. And now on to one of my feature stories, if you will. You've heard me talk, maybe ad nauseum, about COVID this and COVID that, the shots, the vaccines. Um, I th- This is something you need to listen to. It is going to startle you, if not rattle you. And it's a warning. It is absolutely a warning that comes from uncompromised sources, reputable, credible sources. I want to start with a kudo, a fabulous letter from the one and only state attorney, I'm sorry, state attorney, state surgeon general in the entire United States that has begun an official state pushback on all the COVID crap bowl and the vaccines. The very first. And it comes from, gee, what a surprise, the great state of Florida. And it is written by Joseph Ladapo, or Ladapo, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, to the CDC, to Rochelle Walensky, to Robert Califf, head of the U.S. Uh, uh, of the commissioner for the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. And he's very tactful, but he's very firm. I'm not going to read the letter. It's not important that I read the whole letter except for a brief excerpt. Uh, it says here, the state of Florida remains dedicated to responding to COVID-19 and other health, public health concerns through data-driven decisions. So what he's saying is here, you don't show us the data. We aren't doing it, Jack. Shut up and go home. Florida is not going there unless you've got data, which is why Pfizer wanted 75 years to produce the data because it would show that they deceived and lied to people, which is why uh, this is another good thing. I'm just going to throw this in. It just it just struck me. There. There is the first conference being held in March. I don't remember the city or the state by a number of lawyers and doctors on how we can finally sue Pfizer and Moderna for killing people with the vaccine through lack of informed consent because the Emergency Use Authorization Act provided liability coverage when something was administered under that authorization act, unless it could be proven and shown that the pharmaceutical company was lying, cover, covering up uh, non-transparency, failure to produce uh, data and information which would otherwise constitute informed consent by those who are getting the shot, which is why Pfizer wanted 75 years to reveal the data, because they lied. They're a bunch of jerks. They've killed a bunch of people. And that's why this, that's happening. And, and, and I've been saying this for a year now. You can still sue these people 
if you can get the data, the information through whistleblowers or whatever, just to prove and show that they were hiding information, they didn't have the data that they said they had, and what they had would have not never allowed the emergency use authorization that was granted. But they played hide-and-seek and lied. So, State of Florida, we'll, we'll respond to data-driven decisions. We will continue to shed light, ooh, another buzzword, on the safety and efficacy of medications, including mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, which, of course, is what this letter is all about. Those that could be an imminent threat to those with pre-existing conditions. We will also promote the importance of prevention by supporting good nutrition, exercise, and other healthy habits. As a father, physician, and surgeon general for the state of Florida, I request that your agencies promote transparency in health care professionals to accurately communicate the risk that these vaccines pose. I request that you work to protect the rights and liberties that are endowed with and not restrict and diminish them. That we are endowed with and not restrict or diminish them. I look forward to your response. Of course, you won't get one. God bless Florida. It's the first. Now, next. Damar Hamlin, right? Okay, we all know about Damar's deal. Um, there's a video out, Good Morning America, and he provides evidence, anecdotal, but a fair amount of anecdotal evidence that he was vaccine injured. They won't say that because the NFL made players get vac vaccinated or else they didn't play, or I guess it was up to the coach. So a whole bunch of them wanting to play took the vaccine, loosely so-called. Extremely healthy men. They didn't need it. wasn't warranted. But the NFL made them take it. So if the NFL made them take it, and it turns out DeMar Hamlin was vaccine injured, then you have, what is it called, cognitive dissonance? Is that the term here? They say, this is, this is really good. You need to do it, even though they may have known it was really bad. And why? Because DeMar would not answer. The question asked of him was, what have the doctors told you? He, and he waited a long, long time and said, well, I prefer not to go into detail. Yet, he admits that prior to this incident, he was in perfect health. No problems, no known problems. And if he said he had this or that, if I had, well, they found out that, uh, you know, from a childhood I had that. There's no shame in acknowledging that. But it's a big secret. And his reluctance to say anything was absolutely, palpably, manifestly reflective of, I've been told I can't say it. I prefer not to go into those details. But I was perfectly healthy. 
He didn't describe any health problem at all. And he had the jab. Okay. Now, next. A new paper out from, interestingly, from Israel and Australia that has concluded that 13 million people so far worldwide have been killed by the vaccine. And they have determined that there's actually a fairly easy way to figure out how many have died or will die when they're done giving it. Because they aren't. you still got stupid universities who are requiring it for their students. And you know what? As an aside, if you have a child or grandchild going to a university where they have to take the jab to get it, change schools. Why would you go to a university to learn from people who are stupid or have been cajoled or have been paid off or are lying or doing cover-ups? Why would you do that? I'm not saying if you got the jab, you're stupid. I'm not saying that. But now we know. Now stupidity is a feature or gross ignorance. So here's how you can figure it out. If you take the number of vaccine doses divided by the number of 1,000, you actually get extremely close to the number of people that have died from the vaccine. Now understand that this is not the number of people who got the jab. This is a number of doses. So if you got one shot of Pfizer Pfizer shot, one, there would be a, there's one in a thousand chance you would die. But if you've gotten four doses, two from Moderna and then a couple more boosters, now you're at one in 250. So now it's interesting because the estimate of the number of people that have died from the vaccine in the U.S. is 670,000 people from the vaccine. Now, the reason this is interesting is because the U.S. has and the FDA, CDC, has acknowledged giving 670 million doses. Okay, so do the do the math. Do the math. So one tenth of one percent of 670 million is 670,000. It's zero point. One percent, or in other words, or point zero zero one. Okay, go back to your math days. If you want the number of people, just take change millions to thousands to estimate the number of people killed by the vaccine. So from Israel and from Australia, these studies and papers reflect that 13 million people have died worldwide from COVID given the number of doses that have been given. Now, what is really telling about all this? I hope you're sitting down. There are 13 million estimated deaths from COVID-19 worldwide. 13 million deaths from the COVID-19 vaccines, I'm sorry, from the vaccines. By comparison, the official... World Health Organization number of COVID-19 deaths to date 
is $6.8 million. To be exact, 6,817,478 deaths reported to the World Health Organization as of just uh, two weeks ago, February 3rd, 2023. Here's the deal. This means if 13 million people worldwide have died from the vaccine and 6.8 million people have died from COVID, almost almost two times as many people worldwide have died from the shot as opposed to having died from COVID. So there you go. Can't say I didn't tell you so. All I'm saying is don't beat yourself if you got it. You know, claim the word of God, which does say if I've taken any drunk, any deadly thing, it will not harm me. Claim that. Go to that passage in Mark, I think Mark 16. Read it and claim it. But do not getting any do not get a booster. You are only increasing your chance of killing yourself. Next, uh, the the division within the United States only seems to grow at a remarkable pace. And I want to just start this little segment with something spoken by the World Economic Forum Chairman Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. And he says that the global governments need to harness artificial intelligence if it is to become the masters. They're to become the masters of the world. You hear that? What he's really saying, and this is a clue, that this push towards one world government and the ultimate revelation of an antichrist who's going to more or less run the world except for those who don't take the mark of the beast and they get beheaded, as it says in the book of Revelation. The tribulation that's coming upon all, not just some phony baloney pre-trib rapture people who are here after the pre-trib rapture, Toss that theory in the chunk heap. But Klaus is saying, and calling this the fourth industrial revolution, the technology of artificial intelligence, those who embrace it will become the masters of the world, which tells you a little bit about how the Antichrist will operate, does it not? How will all these things happen that is spoken of and we've postulated about during the tribulation throughout the whole world in a matter of moments in some cases or minutes or a couple of days. If artificial intelligence was not being used to facilitate the dissemination of threats, encouragement, what have you, But am I entirely against artificial intelligence? Um, Yes, with one exception. Joe Biden could use a really big dose of artificial intelligence because, as I've said before, maybe artificial intelligence is better than no intelligence at all. 
Does he have a brain? Who knows? And if he does, I don't think you'd find it unless you did a rectal exam. Sorry, please keep me on the air. Uh, okay. Keith Olbermann. Those of you who have been around sports for a long time that, know that he was a ESPN sports commentator. But the guy is absolutely a maniac. Note this guy has Republican blood dripping from his teeth. He hates conservatives and Christianity like you cannot even imagine. So he's come out to lead this charge calling for blue states to declare an economic civil war on all pro-Second Amendment red states. Now, that should tell you right there that you need to have a gun. And I, I'm i going farther. You need guns, plural. You need a good shotgun. It works best inside of a house because you can scatter it around if you have to with multiple intruders. And you won't miss with a shotgun. You need a good long rifle, hunting rifle, Thirty thirty is probably sufficient. You need a semi-automatic handgun. Get one while you can. A good revolver, revolvers never jam. And number five, you need a ton of ammo. Just get it. Use it for stocking stuffers at Christmas time. We are only a semi-free country because we are the only country left in the world that has an equivalent of the, or has a Second Amendment. There are no other countries that have any have an equivalent. Because they take the guns, they're screwed. Remind, I want to let you know, the left doesn't hate guns. The left only hates guns in your hands. They love them. Do you know the Marxists? If you go back to Lenin and my fellow travelers here who know much about the Marxist approach to society, which is taking root. That's it's way past taking. It took root in in this country going all the way back to the late 60s. But it's deeply embedded in the whole BLM crapola. It's made its way into Black History Month, which is, I, I will never celebrate Black History Month. I'm not into segregation. I'm not into black supremacy. I'm not, I'm not into that. But more on that next week. And my fellow travelers my beloved black Christian men and women know whereof I speak and the heart of which I speak. But again, you know what? I'm getting to next week and I don't want to do that. But this economic civil war, the pro-Second Amendment states, people don't seem to know that embedded in the Fourth Amendment, the application to the states, was in part to enable black men and black women to have guns and defend themselves. Against who? Well, yeah, I guess the KKK, but it was also against civil authorities in the South who were carrying out Jim Crow laws. That's what the whole McDonald versus the city of Chicago case was about, where it said you have a fundamental Second Amendment right to possess firearms necessary to protect yourself and your family. McDonald was a black man. And the case was rooted around the 14th Amendment's application to the states to ensure that blacks had the right to defend themselves. 
But when the black movement gets co-opted by Marxists, which it has in part, keep in mind what Lenin said. Lenin fully supported everybody having a gun. That is until it was necessary, until Marxism was the law of the land in Russia. And what did he do when the Marxists came into power? Moved to confiscate all the guns that were used to overthrow the czarist regime, the pre-Bolshevik revolution. This is where the Democrats are. They hate guns in your hands. They love them in their hands. They will confiscate yours if you let them, if we let them, and states will have to secede probably to get out of this. But they will want, they're useful to overthrow a government, but not the government they want overthrown now because the left is, is the government. That's why they're beginning to trample your rights and want to confiscate them. Because while assault weapons are supposedly only for the purpose of assault, then why do the police have assault weapons? Why does Joe Biden's Secret Service have assault weapons and Cammie Harris and all the other left? Why do they all own assault weapons? Who are they assaulting? No, they call them for defense. Hypocrisy and more on the economic civil war than we return. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. I play more of that song than I do with the others just because I, well, I don't love it more than the others. I just like the way it develops. Okay, so Keith Oberman is trying to whip up a frenzy here for the blue states to declare economic civil war on pro-Second Amendment red states. Now, you know, all this is going to do is to encourage more gun purchases, a greater desire to leave the United States, by those red states, right? So I, I, I'm trying to figure something out here. So the left, and, and Oberman is the poster child for the left, wants to declare an economic civil war on pro-Second Amendment red states. Where is most of the oil, Keith, baby, in those Second Amendment red states? That's right. 
So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go out without any oil in the stupid states like California and New York and Illinois and Massachusetts and Oregon and Washington and Hawaii and is that what you're gonna do? Where is most of the water? Well, you got a lot of it in the Northwest, but now when you get down to California, you're gonna ration your water for your farmers. And drive the farmers out of business. Where are most of the farms? Where's most of the wheat and corn produced? The staples of life, the pro Second Amendment red states. Plus, the pro Second Amendment states have, you know, they've got the we've we've got the guns, right? We got everything. You want to have them? So, Keith, I, you know. He made this statement, we are owned by guns. And he goes like that, we are owned by guns. Only one thing will change that. We must have an economic civil war by the blue states and starve the red states. Go do it, Keith, baby. You'll only be starving yourself. It'll be your own Harry Carey there and stupid wherever you live. So let me ask, so if... Well, let me, let me, I, I want to say this right. If you think that we are owned by private citizens with guns, just imagine how owned you would be when only the government has guns, i.e. Russia, China, North Korea, Cuba, etc., etc. But Keith loves that because he's on the left and he's be part that has a gun because he's in charge. Well, we are a nation divided. And the division is getting worse all the time. We have more people moving to places where they want to live and don't want to be by other people. We have the left people that are in conservative states wanting to get to left-wing states and people fleeing California like crazy. You have the whole BLM movement, all of this black supremacy thing, which I'm going to go into. And and, and I, I, wait a minute, I thought we were e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. And now out of one, we're trying to be many. Well, I think there is personally, I'm going to jump now into the election component of the program. I think there's one issue that's going to decide the 2024 Republican presidential primaries. I think it comes down, if you had to identify one issue, and maybe I'm saying this because I have said ad nauseum for years that this is the one issue. It's education. You cannot have our children continue to be guinea pigs of a leftist-driven secular government educational system, which sucks. Do you know Baltimore, which gets more money per student from the federal government than any other city in the United States? And I'm just going to go to a secular thing here for a moment. More money per student than any other school system, at least of any major city in the United States had 23 out of 150 schools, 23 out of 150 schools 
where there was not one single student, not one, an elementary or high school, middle school, that could pass a math proficiency test. That's how much Baltimore sucks. That's how much government... And where does the money go? It's going to racial things, gender things. They're trying to say that, well, these math tests, they're racist. There's a racial component to math. Oh, knock it off. Well, that's a pack of morons trying to cover for their own inadequacies and deficits because they won't feel smart unless they got something evil, apparently, to teach their children and turn them into twice the child of hell that they are. Now, out of every crisis comes a silver lining. And the silver lining is that among particularly black families, Baltimore is predominantly black. And I will say the cities where they're their worst education systems is not because they're predominantly black. It's because they're, predom it's because they're all Democrat. That's why there needs to be this emancipation declaration at the racial level. Get off the white system that wants to keep you in control by feeding you money, keeping you undereducated, uneducated, or undereducated so that you become and remain dependent on the federal government, and we will have your vote forever. That's all it comes down to. Control, control, and one other thing. More control. But you combine the complete failure of these schools making up excuses as to why they're failing. And what do they come back with? Oh, it's not enough money. It's never enough money. It's like the repara reparation proposal in California, 250000 per person. And now they want to increase it to $5 million because a bunch of people said 250000 is not enough. $5 million won't be enough. It'll never be enough to account for excuses, deficits, and failures. That exist. Education. And unless people flee the government schools, and whether you start pulling out your IRA money and funding your grandchildren's Christian education, whether you support their homeschooling, we're toast. You cannot feed crap to children and expect anything but that to come out of them. Why are these black kids that are eight and nine years old beating up and harassing white kids and making them voluntarily, verbally lie down on the ground and subscribe to Black Lives Matter? Why is that happening? In a small school district in Wisconsin, why is that happening? Well, everybody needs an excuse. And when you feel feed victimhood into people, and more victimhood and victimhood. Yes, you've been oppressed because of your gender, because of your sexual orientation, which is really sexual preference. Go right on down the line, throw in their critical race theory, 1619 Project, and all these lies from a bunch of underachievers and those who want to accommodate underachievers because they want them to underachieve. Again, that's how you control them. 
Again, keep them on the plantation. Again, it's elitist whites who have cajoled and harnessed black taskmasters, the likes of like Al Sharpton and and those people, the race baiters. They're, They're fed and fueled largely by white elites who still own, what would we call it, intellectual plantations. They're the owners, the others are the slaves, and we have, as there were in the slave days, black task masters. In fact, most of them were. So education is the issue. And I will say this, nobody owns education and the educational issue better than Ron DeSantis. Whether it's his school choice program, whether it's the parental rights in education, whether it's barring teachers from educating students on queer orientation, gender ideology, college boards where they're just loaded with leftists who simply want to destroy everything Western, companies that are just solely, totally sucking it up for diversity, equity, inclusion, which all means the same thing, accommodating people who haven't earned something and making it be paid for by people who have and didn't participate at all in the underachievement of others. Quoting here from World Net Daily, education is going to be a big issue in the Republican primaries mostly because it has finally dawned on folks on the right that the interest of state schools might not always align with the interest of the parents. I will insert my own comment here. Duh. That has probably been true for 100 years. We are not sure why it has taken so long for folks to figure this out. So why this? Why is education the key? Well, I've explained it, but it's because we need not an economic president such as Trump. And unless he gets on the gets on the education bandwagon, as far as I'm concerned, he's a loser. We need a social warrior on the right as a candidate. I, I read a bit of this before, but I'm going to read a little bit of it more now because it's so good to explain the situation. From David Capellian. He says, quote, of all the shared values Americans have held sacred over the centuries, one of the most important has been the conviction that our children are precious, innocent, and literally a gift from God to be cherished and protected at all costs. Why then in today's America are so many adults destroying children in a dizzying variety of ways from aborting them right up to the moment of birth to killing them in some states after they're born, to sexualizing them virtually from birth. And he references, check out Harvard's new teaching course on infants, infants who are LGBTQIA+. See, they're getting there, right? I've always said LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ. They're getting there because I know they will get there to sexualizing them virtually at birth, the queer or asexual, 
to injecting them with experimental vaccines proven to be both ineffective and dangerous, then transporting two- and three-year-olds to drag queen story hour events, glorifying mentally ill, demonically possessed, men dressed as women, some with criminal histories of child abuse, who then indoctrinate America's next generation with fantastical stories about heroic LGBT characters. Let me just ask a question here, rhetorically. Does that pretty much cover it? And he goes on to say, and that's just the abuse heaped on infants and toddlers. So as they grow older, America's children are systematically sexualized in government-read public school classrooms, after-school LGBT support clubs, as well as by the ubiquitous, purple-haired, heavily-pierced, transgendered recruiters on social media platforms like TikTok. As a direct consequence, many children are seduced. And seduced into what? Seduced into identifying as the opposite gender or brand new imaginary gender created by Democrats. And although too young to drive, too young to vote, they're encouraged, convinced, and permitted by grown-ups to take powerful drugs and hormones to have their healthy breasts amputated or to undergo chemical or surgical castration. And I should point out, the resulting teen transgender suicide rate is shockingly high. I'm going to insert something here. To see the transgenderism, letting them have what they want, giving them what they want, calling them by the... doesn't do anything. They're screwed up. They need deliverance. They need deliverance. They need salvation. They need Jesus Christ. Because the nation of Holland, the Netherlands, legitimized queer crapola a gazillion years ago, and they have found that to this date, homosexuals have disproportionately drug use, disproportionately suicide rates. It doesn't change. You cannot correct a tilting building at the third story. If it's not straight, catch my drift, at the foundation, you can't correct the tilt at the third level. The foundation is messed up. It needs to be torn down and redone, as in delivered and saved. He goes on to say, make no mistake that today's rampant transgender grooming craze amounts to nothing other than widespread child sexual abuse of the most serious and irreversible kind. America is literally normalizing pedophilia, which is what I predicted. And now, of course, we have the American Psychological Association, Psychiatric Association, suggesting that we should normalize polygamy. And those are just precursors to before we get to incest and bestiality, which are just, you know, little ways down the road. But Mr. Capellian goes on to say, and of course things just got worse off once the kids go to college. Undoubtedly the most deranged and toxic places in the country. Where young people are indoctrinated assembly line with Marxist ideology intimated into adopting perverse or woke sensibilities and effortlessly drawn into immoral and hopeless lifestyles. Meanwhile, the synthetic opioid fentanyl 
Now is the number one cause of death of younger Americans, 18 to 45. It's destroying thousands of children annually, making its first appearance prior to Halloween as, guess what, rainbow fentanyl? Isn't that interesting? You'd have the queer confiscation of the rainbow applied to fentanyl. And why to destroy as many kids? And, of course, it's largely the direct result of the Biden administration. But he goes on to say this multi-front war is intended ultimately to convert America's next generation into a frightened, corrupted, ideologically brainwashed, and therefore obedient, but spiritually dead version of the bright and moral people that they were created to be. And make no mistake, the harm being done to children in this war is neither accidental nor collateral. Children are the target. At their very core, the radical leftists are threatened by the innocence, joy, and spiritual brightness that shines in uncorrupted children, qualities that they themselves have lost. They are likewise fearful of what those young people will become if allowed to grow up and mature in a normal, healthy, God-honoring way, protected and nurtured by moral and decent people. For remember, the far left exists in a state of mass delusion rooted in an all-out rebellion against God and his haters. And his, and I'm sorry, against God and his laws. The left literally violates all of the Ten Commandments every single day. Not incidentally, but not accidentally, but purposely. Since the core dynamic of the left's operating system entirely 100% depends upon violating God's laws. Therefore, they create the false gods, and because of this total moral inversion, the left's worst nightmare is a nation of kids raised, learning about God and Jesus Christ, about the Ten Commandments, the Sermon on the Mount, about the Golden Rule, about the sexual immorality, about righteousness about virtue. Radical leftists hate all of that with a blinding hatred since Christian virtue represents the one real existential threat to revolutionary Marxist left. Now I want to insert here if we had what he's calling for we wouldn't have Antifa. We wouldn't have 619 Project. We wouldn't have the burning, the riots, the looting. We wouldn't have BLM. We wouldn't have queer. We wouldn't have kids committing suicide like they do. All of that. In the end, there's only one thing that can neutralize and overcome the dark spiritual forces that the left in its maniacal revolutionary campaign to fundamentally transform America requires. The light of genuine Christian virtue to once again shine brightly in America and in the families where the real counter-revolution must start. It's all that can be done to save children. And he concludes with a comment that simply is something that I've been saying forever. Have we gone too far? He says, I don't know. It's possible. What if, as many pastors and others believe now, America is a nation under God's judgment? We can still love under God and cherish and protect our kids and grandkids at all costs. But a great place to start 
would be to take them out of the increasingly appalling government education system entirely and either homeschool them or find a worthy private school, end quote. He's actually quoting me. No, not really. But to that end, I want to say that it's amazing here that this last week a revival has been manifested and burst out at Cedarville University. They say they're, they're experiencing, quote, an outpouring of the Lord at a revival. It's a Christian school in Ohio. They all came to chapel one day, and then all of a sudden the students started coming down. There was a outpouring of the presence of the Lord, the president said, Thomas White. He said they started on Monday when the students were going through Psalm 86. It's your assignment this week. Read Psalm 86. He said, we took a moment to pray. We sang a song, but during the song, without an altar call or invitation of any kind, we had some students who began to come forward and pray. The prayer and worship continued after the morning chapel was over. Students came back after chapel, after class. They came back at 5.30. At 10 o'clock at night, there were a 1,000 students there. It has continued all week. This is uh, a smaller version of what is happening at um, Asbury College in Kentucky, which is having an all-out revival, which sounds reminiscent of the greatest Zusa Street revival, right? Led by a great black pastor. That's what I love to see. I've said that it's going to take a revival and a nurturing uh, and bringing forth a maturation spiritually, if you will, within the black and Hispanic communities if this country is going to turn around. But the devil is in hot pursuit but what the enemy is intended for evil, Scripture says, God can use for good. This is what's happening in Asbury. This is what is happening at um, Cedarville University. These aren't white schools. They aren't black schools. They are schools where there are all races being fed by the Word of God, being nurtured and inspired by and now enlivened by an outbreak of God's Holy Spirit. And when does it seem to happen? When things couldn't get worse. Yes, desperate people do desperate things. The woman with the issue of blood was desperate and fearful of touching Jesus' garment. Blind Bartimaeus crying out, Jesus, help me. Son of David, he was desperate. Zacchaeus, who's too short to even see him, had to climb a tree to see the Savior. Desperate people do desperate things. And so with that, I'm not saying the United States will be saved. It could be over. But because and maybe it's over for the United States does not mean it's over for you, your family, your children, your grandchildren. For you, it may be just starting. Desperation brings us to the point of calling out. Desperation when doctors can't do anything anymore is when many people finally turn to God. And God, who really is not interested ultimately in sharing shelf space with the humans, because to Him belongs the glory, will move in a way that a revival can break out in your family, in your town, in your community. 
This is Robin Walden encouraging you to sit tall on the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you.